You're listening to ATL Talks Radio. Ooh, I love the way the mic sounds today, this evening, rather. You're listening to ATL Talks Radio, line that's number one streaming talk radio station. My name is Barrington Martin II. This is the Barrington Report, and we are live this wonderful, cold, chilly, weather eventful Thursday evening here in the great city of Atlanta within the great state of Georgia. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my Substack, which is called The Barrington Report 24-7. You can reach me on there at barrington.substack.com. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and of course, www.atltalks.com. Now, it's been a rather eventful uh, 2024 thus far. And I know we are in the swing of things within this year's political season, but I am not going to bore you or even bother you with many of the topics that you see on mainstream media or even the Internet or even social media. The reason you listen to the Barrington Report and before I continue, special shout out to the beautiful people that listen to me on the Internet land, within the Internet land, excuse me, and the beautiful people, especially on Twitter. IG, whatever you want to call it, as far as social media is concerned. Now, I'm going to get into these stories because um, there's been some interesting developments that that has occurred uh, this week and just in the beginning of this year. Now, as I was stating, I'm not going to bore you with uh, the same old stories that you hear on social media that is um, and TV as well that's meant to basically steer your minds towards certain behaviors i'm going to give you the news that isn't news and then we're going to do you know what i normally do is basically break down that news and basically analyze why um these stories aren't basically told about or why the stories that are coming that i have to talk about are within the mainstream media now um on a lighter note just to start off this is for um my millennials on back some uh, heartbreaking news we have, we've had, and I say that uh, facetiously. Fruit Strike Gum um, will be discontinued. Fruit Strike Gum will be discontinued. Now, if you don't know what Fruit Strike Gum is, I don't think you had a proper childhood, especially if you lived in America. Fruit Strike Gum is the gum to where it was flavored or a different flavor gums and a zebra. Um, I want to say a colorful zebra um, was the mascot. The owner of Fruit Strike Gum, Ferreira, has decided to discontinue the iconic gum brand, citing consumer preferences and overall brand trends as factors in the decision. Ferreira also produces other well-known candy brands such as Trolley, Fun Dip, Pixie Sticks, and Nerds. I didn't even know that. I just learned something new for myself. Fans of Fruit Strike Gum may still be able to find it in select retailers before it sells out one last time. I'm just going to go buy me a pack of this gum for nostalgia purposes and not even open it and just pos- like possibly show this to my children and tell them this is um, this gum is a symbol of a token to where life was much better and life was much easier. Now, let's get into the news. Something that I felt was interesting that um, totally caught my attention upon first seeing it and then I'm going to get into the rest of the stories, the more uh, worldwide stories or popular stories a little bit later. Women make up majority of associates at law firms for the first time. Women now make up majority of associates in U.S. law firms, reaching 50.31% in 2023. The percentage of associates of color in law firms increased by 1.8 points in 2023, with a total of 30.15% representation. There has been progress in the representation of black, Latina, and non-binary lawyers, but women of color still make up less than 5% of law partners. Now, when I read this, I really want to know who gives a damn about these types of statistics. Now, in respect to being, in respect to the law, I don't really care about who represent me. I don't. And what I mean by that is I don't care about their identity as long as they know the law and as long as um, they're good lawyers or great lawyers even. That's all that matters. It is so interesting that our society has transitioned to this era where we care about identity. And I hate it because this notion or this idea 
that representation matters is totally ridiculous and it goes to show just how um, most or much of our society possesses low self-esteem. Now, I'm always intrigued why stories like this get printed upon the mainstream because to me, in our society, especially today, over the last four years, people have had a tendency of different identity groups to celebrate um, individual victories as a victory of the entire identity group itself. And that is the most ridiculous, crazy thing to me. Basically, you will see that people possess the ideology, if one makes it, we all make it. And that has never, ever been the case, probably since the 1960s, probably since the civil rights movement. And even then, it has never been the case. And it is quite befuddling to me that the United States society in the modern age, or Western society in the modern age, still holds on to these archaic ideals, these these caveman, Neanderthal type mentalities that basically cont- continues to keep people on the hamster wheel of logic and thought and understanding overall of their environment. So, of course, there's a lot of people that are going to see this story. And um, let me see real quick. It's in Reuters. It's on the Hill. CBS News, and they're going to see this story, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, women, women are, have, have come a long way. In a lot of ways, historically speaking, yes, but this is no victory at all because there's a lot of dynamics that needs to be discussed in respect to this that people will not have, those conversations people will not have upon the mainstream. And I just find it always interesting that things like this is celebrated when essentially it's not nothing to celebrate as far as group is concerned, but for those individuals, congratulations to them. U.S. inflation ticked higher in December as policymakers mull rate cut. Overall, U.S. inflation rose 0.3% in December, driven by higher energy and housing prices, indicating a bumpy path to the Federal Reserve's 2 point, excuse me, 2% target. Core prices, excluding food and energy costs, remained unchanged in December from the previous month, suggesting a steady inflation rate. Despite steady economic growth and wage gains outpacing inflation, polls show that many Americans are dissatisfied with the economy, likely due to the lingering effects of high inflation. Now, I'm going to get into some things about the economy, especially with taxation a little bit later. But um, I just get really pissed off when I see the current administration in the White House state that um, the economy is doing well and to perpetuate false narratives simply because their um, political psychophants are going to believe everything that they say in spite the fact that if you just go out and you look at the grocery store, you look at the gas prices, you look at what's really going on, you get a, uh, a raw eye test of everything that's happening, you will see that um, people are struggling. People are having a hard time. Um, prices steady rise. Um, food is becoming more expensive. Um, my favorite, favorite bag of potato chips is about $6 now, and it never was that high. And for $6, you could have possibly gotten two bags of them five to eight years ago, and now it's $6. And with all of this happening, our dollar possesses no value. Our dollar um, continues to decrease in value. And I'll get more on this a little bit later when we start, or when I start rather, talking about um, things dealing with taxes. Six-year-old fatally shot in East Dallas just weeks after a teen brother killed. A six-year-old girl was fatally shot in Texas while her mother was planning the funeral of her son, who had also been shot. The shooting occurred inside a home in East, Old East Dallas where there was an unsecured gun. The police have not released any details about the shooter or the circumstance surrounding the girl's death. And I I won't get into the specifics about this incident, but you're going to hear a lot of gun control activists and advocates come out about this particular story. Um, There's a woman um, who tweeted about her son's death last year, I want to say. And basically what happened was her son went to his friend's house and they were playing with his friend's dad's gun, and he shot himself. The lady has now 
um, called on to Congress to, to create a law to have the entire nation um, be mandated to secure their firearms in their homes. Now, of course, this sounds like a good idea, but again, as we've seen over the last 20 years, I mean, honestly, as we've seen over the last 40 years, anytime something happens, people would rather be safe than take accountability for their actions. And I say that because this article or this news story rather stated that this little girl was shot yet. Um, they stated that something totally random that didn't even matter pertaining to the story that the shooting took place inside a home where there was an unsecured gun. The unsecured gun did not shoot the girl. There was a shooter that shot the girl, but yet and still we see these narratives, people being perpetuated, um, to create specific behavior patterns, to tug on your heartstrings, to make you say, you know what, guys, perhaps we should do something about these guns, when essentially it is not the guns um, that are killing people. It is basically irresponsible adults that are leading to these types of um, wayward deaths dealing with guns. It is adults, criminals that kill people, that shoot people. But more than anything, it is irresponsible adults who it starts with and who it ends with and this notion that we need to be treated like children because a couple of people are irresponsible or because a few people here and there do not possess the self-control to do what's necessary to create and maintain a safe environment is simply unfair i think or i know rather that we have to start really doing self-assessments as a people. We have to turn the TVs off. We have to turn social media off. And we really have to have a come-to-Jesus moment with ourselves. Because as we inch closer towards November, you're going to see a lot of unnecessary rhetoric come out of um, the mouths of political candidates and come out of the mouths of um, pundits, especially within the media. And at some point in time, we have to keep a level head and maintain understanding of what, what's going on, but also what needs to happen. Give me a second. My computer shut down. Hold on. Here we go. Okay. Moving to the next story. Microsoft briefly overtakes rival Apple as world's most valuable company. Microsoft overtook Apple as the most valuable company, reaching a value of $2.87 trillion, while Apple shares fell by 1%. Apple reclaimed its top spot by the end of the trading day after concerns about supply chain shortages affected its stock price. Microsoft's aggressive rollout of Gen AI-powered tools contributed to a 57% rise in its market capitalization, surpassing Apple's 48% gain in 2023. The thing that interests me about this is that I want to know who's going to be the next big leader and the next big brand to emerge within this country within the next decade. There's been such a concentration of power um, within corporations over the course of the last 50 to 100 years. We see all of these monopolies, and there is hardly any competition. And when there's hardly any competition, the small businesses um, tend to get left in the dust. And this is something that we do not need to happen because as businesses grow, big business that is, and as corporations grow, their access two political bureaucrats grow as well. And when corporations grease the pockets of politicians, the citizens of the state get left behind or are oftentimes the odd man out. This is a simple understanding that Americans really don't understand. There's a lot of things, and like I say, I'm going to get into this a little bit later with a couple of stories that I'm going to give you insight on that Americans really don't know what's going on. And I understand why that is. Like I said, I'll get into it later. And that will be um, my sermon, so to speak, as I like to say. But these are the type of things that we have to pay attention to because the more corporations grow, the more power that they possess in government and the less power we have in government when essentially the government only exists to serve us when essentially... And ironically, as time has passed, as time has wore on, the fact that we are unable to govern ourselves, government has took, taken over to be our mothers and our fathers when 
we shouldn't need mothers and fathers to dictate what we do as full-grown adults. Now, this is going to be the only time I speak about um, any type of, like, politics in respect to um, the presidential race. And I'm going to explain why um, in a little bit later, in a second, actually. Ramswamy to air ad during DeSantis Haley debate calling for viewers to turn this shit off. Excuse my language, but that was <laughs> on the article. Republican candidate Vivek Ramaswamy accuses mainstream media of trying to manipulate the Iowa GOP caucus in favor of corporate candidates claiming they could be controlled. I did not catch this um, commercial, but I hope you guys did. I'm going to post it on my um, website uh, when I post this episode. Excuse me. Yes, when I post this episode to my website. Ramaswamy criticizes CNN for spreading lies and labeling true facts as conspiracy theories, referencing the network's role in promoting Russiagate and the Hunter Biden laptop story. Ramaswamy's campaign reallocates TV ad funds to more targeted strategies to reach voters, such as phone calls and email, after a little impact from $93.8 million spent on TV ads in Iowa. Now, I will say that I really, really like Vivek. Vivek on paper is the perfect candidate. He understands Everything that's going on, he's smart, he's young, he's vibrant, and he speaks truth to power. And he's very, very honest. He knows how to answer questions, and he's a very slick talker. I like him. I like him as a presidential candidate. I cannot lie about that. However, the entire entire presidential race is a circus, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not realized this at this point. The entire aspect of voting for president is a circus, if you have not yet realized this. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand that no matter who gets elected in November, the problems will continue to persist. No matter who gets elected in November, the people that benefit from government the most, which is not the American public, will continuously benefit from government the most. With that being stated, it's important to understand that, again, All of this continuously perpetuates a cycle that we are in in, to which we are on our hamster wheel where we do never, ever get off and things never, ever change. Sure, we might have moral victories. Sure, we might have little bits of crumbs here and there, but we know who gets the biggest pieces of those pies. And it's always the non-government organization. It's always the corporations and it is always the actual people within government. Again, like I said, I love Vivek, but I don't possess any cognitive dissonance to take me away from the reality of the situation. And that is voting for the lesser of two evils will not bring us any good and has not brought us any good. When you do your homework and you look at it, History, excuse me, when you look at the true facts of the past, and I say this because I always say the past now and I always put the past or put the word past in place of history because all history is, is a perspective of the past told by the victors. That's always is and that's always ever will be. Now, there are, the past is the past, and I say this all the time. I say this probably every other episode on the Barrington Report. The past is the past. You cannot change the past. The past is neither good nor bad. The past is what it is. Now, you have history in which um, the victors of history, of those who live to tell the tale, get the chance to tell the past within their perspective, and that's all history is. And if you look at history and you read history for what it is, you will see the establishment of the United States government over time grew to be a centralized power to take away rights from the people. You can look this up starting in the Civil War all the way to today. And the more we depend on politicians to fix our problems, the more problems that will exist and the more problems that they will create for us. If you don't know the uh, um, Helgian dialectic or Helgian dialectic, excuse me, look it up. The government creates problems just to create solutions and solutions that always benefit them. They create the problems and the solutions to which they get us to beg them for, for solutions. They get us to beg um, for them to come in and fix things, crime bill. They get us to beg for the things that we claim we need, COVID vaccine. They get us to beg for things, and those things that are supposed to be quote-unquote solutions 
are nothing more than problems that they have created other solutions for to basically get us under their thumbs. Now, moving forward, this is where I wanted to talk about a little bit today because this, this was a great segue. It's funny. I did not organize these stories, but these stories seem to, um, I forget the word, but um, magically organize themselves. Top 1% paying low tax, lower tax rates than other residents in most states. Study. A study by the Institute of Taxation and Economic Policy shows that state and local tax systems in the U.S. contribute to income inequality with lower and middle-class families paying a larger share than the rich. In 41 states, the top 1% is taxed at a lower rate than other income groups, highlighting the regressive nature of tax systems. Only six states, including California, New York, and Vermont, have progressive tax systems that help reduce the gap between rich and poor residents. Ladies and gentlemen, this by far... This by far continues to be one of the most ridiculous narratives that is continuously perpetuated to an ignorant populace. Barry, what do you mean? The rich, the rich, the very rich people of our society understand the taxation loopholes that everybody else do not understand. The thing about it is when you have money, when you have capital, when you have resources, when you have access, the key word here is access. When you have access, um, you possess an advantage over others because you know what others don't know. And I say this is because, again, we have the we hear the utterances of things like the system is rigged. No, the system isn't rigged. The game isn't rigged. You just don't know how to play. But I understand. I get it. When you make money within a certain tax bracket, say middle class, say lower middle class, you don't have time to research and look at look up the things that the rich pay other people to do. You don't have time to see if the news stories are true or if the news stories are fabricated. You don't have time to actually look at the tax code and analyze specific aspects of the tax code to your own benefit. You don't have time to do the small things that you should make time for, and I get it. Why? Because you have a family to take care of. You have a roof to ensure that it's paid. You have you have bills to pay. You have to make sure bellies are fed, and I totally, totally, totally understand that. But beautiful people, that can no longer be an excuse because the rich, the richest of the rich, excuse me, continuously do what's necessary to find those loopholes in order to dominate or to be at the position they are in within our society. And I think that we have to be honest about that. At some point in time, we can no longer point the finger and place the blame and why things are the way that they are, why our situation is what it, what it is. Um, just today, just today, and just um, filling out my own tax papers, there were things that I learned today that I never knew and things that were never taught to me, things that should be taught in school. And then I have to ask myself, why is it that they don't teach these things in school? Who's creating this, these curriculums? Who's creating much of these things that our kids are going to school and learning or not really learning? What is really going on in our society where we have had the tendency to blame the very wealthy on our woes and not really look in the mirror and understand what's really going on and, and taking a step further from that and really understanding why do we partake in a lot of the habits that we partake in within our society. We always ask what, we always ask how, but we never ask the why. We never ask the why. We never ask the why when it comes to our taxation. As a matter of fact, when we see what our government is doing, when we see a lot of the BS that our government is doing to us, we still wake up in the, in the morning, go to work, pay taxes, do everything that we normally do when essentially we need to be fighting for something. We need to be believing in something. And again, I get it and I totally understand. We all have responsibilities and the level of comfort that we have outweighs disrupting anything 
that allows us to not be able to take care of our responsibilities and understand. But beautiful people, if you have not recognized this, especially within COVID, at some point in time, this level of comfort that we have today continues to diminish. It continues to lessen. Year in and year out, we saw this. Things are approaching along the horizon that's going to ensure that the very, very light slavery that we endure is going to become a very strong slavery. And of course, a lot of people have said that, oh my gosh, like you're being, you've been totally overly dramatic to say that we are slaves, but we have a modern day serfdom. We really do. We pay for everything. Everything is taxed. We are taxed even in death. But no one ever asks why that is. We just accept these things for what they are and when we should not. And the longer we accept these things, the longer our fate will be sealed. Which brings me to my next story that I really wanted to talk about tonight because this has been absolutely ridiculous. Let's see where it is. Department of Homeland Security admits over 85% of migrants are being allowed into the U.S. A report states that over 85% of migrants encountered at the U.S.-Mexico border are being released into the United States, according to Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas admitted this during a private meeting with Border Patrol agents in Eagle Pass, Texas, when questioned about the release rate of migrants. Despite the admission, Mayorkas later claimed at a press conference that the majority of Southwest border encounters throughout the administration have resulted in a removal, return, or expulsion. Beautiful people, right now, there's a, there's a crisis going on in Chicago, and there are stories that I'm going to post um, later on for you to read, where, of course, as some of you all may know, these illegal immigrants are being bused to Chicago and being placed into inside Chicago schools. And the actual American citizens, the citizens of Chicago, the children of Chicago are being displaced and, and had to basically have online classes. Not only that, there have been reports and stories that a lot of these illegal immigrants have been given $9,000 stipend to start off their lives with in the United States of America. How can you not be infuriated by this? How can you not be angry about this? Again, I get it. You have a house. You have responsibilities. You have a family to take care of. But at some point in time, beautiful people, you have to understand that this level of comfort that we possess to where we let these things slide at some point in time, that level of comfort will not be anymore. Everyone in America, everyone, everyone who calls themselves Americans, whether you were born here, whether you've been naturalized and you did it the right way, whether you believe in this country and what it stands for, everyone should be entirely pissed off at the way Things are going. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. Because I fear that within the next five to ten years, something is going to occur in this nation that's going to blindside people and we will not be ready for it. We will not be ready for the catastrophe. It is a damn shame that American citizens pay taxes. American citizens are extorted through taxation while illegal immig immigrants, excuse me, come over here in a criminalized fashion, breaking the law, basically, and they are getting paid for it. This is why the term criminal justice makes me sick. There is no such thing as criminal justice, it's an oxymoron. However, in America, within 2024, we give more justice to the criminals than to the actual victims. When is enough enough? When do we say, that's it, I'm tired of it? Because like I said, I'm going to continue to tell you guys this. I understand. I understand why people aren't getting up in odds about these types of things. Because one, they possess a level of comfort to where it's not really a big deal, especially if it's not affected them. Two, they have responsibilities. 
And those responsibilities and that level of comfort outweigh anything else that's going on in the world, especially if it's not at their doorstep. And three, and this is the most important one, people are afraid. People are afraid. I get it. I understand. I totally get it and I understand. However, at some point in time, enough has to be enough. And I don't just mean in November going out there and say, hey, we're going to vote harder. We're going to vote harder this time. It's never going to happen the way we want it to as long as we rely on something like voting. And at this point, as many people throughout time have said, if voting ever changed anything, would they allow us to do it? We live in a nation of a lot of midwits and nitwits. A lot of people who really aren't educated, who really aren't versed in understanding politics, and they get a say in society. In any reasonable society, these types of people would never get a chance to vote, would never get a chance to make decisions on important things that affect us all. This has been the one conundrum with democracy is why and why I say democracy overall has been a failure because people, as much as our elected officials on the left love to say that our democracy is in, hangs within the balance or our democracy is challenged, they will never tell you that our true democracy is mob rule and we don't want mob rule to occur. Why is that? Because when you have a group full of idiots that leads the charge who don't know what they're talking about, they will often do something very dangerous and very wrong. We've seen this within the Salem Rich Trials. We've seen this throughout past, throughout the past, excuse me, in which oftentimes when people were wrongly accused, the mob got after them. And then after the fact, no one cared. This is just something to think about, beautiful people, because the more we don't care about these things, the more we let these things slide, the more we don't show government, state government and federal government that we mean what we say, they're going to continue to walk over us. And as they continue to walk over us, the conditions of this country will continue to, to, to worsen. And I know all of us have loved ones that we care about. All of us. All of us have children. Some of us have children. Some of us want children. And if this country is supposed to be the America that, is, that, that it claims to be, the people who make America, America have to do something about it. And this goes beyond voting. More than $1 billion in U.S. military aid to Ukraine not properly tracked by the Pentagon. Department of Defense audit finds. The Pentagon's audit reveals that over $1 billion worth of military weapons and equipment provided by the U.S. to Ukraine cannot be accounted for and is not being fully tracked. Since the Russian invasion in February 2022, Ukraine has received approximately $45 billion in U.S. military aid, including various weapons and ammunition. The Defense Department Inspector General's report states that about $1 billion worth of weapons required to be tracked have not been accounted for. Beautiful people. The writing is on the wall. Mind you, we haven't heard anything about Ukraine and Russia on the mainstream in a long time. As a matter of fact, I would be willing to say the Barrington Report tonight is probably the only media shows to speak openly about it. And this story came out yesterday. So please let me know in my mentions. Let me know um, in my notes on my Substack if I'm correct about this. We are getting hustled. We are getting swindled. We are getting bamboozled. We are getting conned by our own government. And it seems as if no one cares. But for the millionth time, I understand. You have far more important things to worry about. You have bills to pay. You have to make sure little Timmy has his sneakers and his equipment because he go trying out for soccer at school. You have to make sure Little Megan gets her grade up in social studies. 
because she normally doesn't make C's. I get it. I understand. I understand. But the more, the more you focus on things that are directly in your view, the more you're not seeing what's happening in the world around you. And I get it. This is why I don't pay attention to politics. I only care about what's going on in my bubble. I see things here and there, but I don't put energy into it anymore because I believe in controlling the things that I can control. However, I sincerely want this country to be a better country for those that come after us. There are kids that are going to inherit this country and they deserve to inherit the country way better than we got it. And the way we got it, and I mean millennials, Generation X, specifically, the way we got it has been horrible. Everyone places blame on us for the way things is when it's not our fault. And I don't want to be that generation that says that Generation Z, Generation Z and beyond is your fault the way things are the way that they are. And it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. When you go back and you look at the statistics of the prices of goods, the statistics of the prices of houses, statistics showing how a man was able to take care of an entire family of four on one salary and not at a super high-paying job and was able to get a nice house depending on where he lived, you have to ask questions of why are things the way that they are? What was the turning point? What happened? Yes, but why did it happen? Who makes these decisions for us? Who makes these decisions that alter our behaviors towards each other and towards the, the society that we exist in? We have to start thinking about these things and not just going with the motions. Going with the motions can no longer happen because the more we go along with the motions, we'll find ourselves motioning to the slaughterhouse to the point of no return. Now, um, do I want to read this story? Yes. I'll skip this one because this is no big deal. Biden warned to stop bringing donors to the Oval Office. President Biden has been holding private lunches at the White House with top donors and other supporters to reassure them about his reelection campaign. And this is random within the same story. Re Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene showed naked photos of Hunter Biden in the House committee room. A couple of things. Beautiful people, please understand this. I don't give two dams about this Hunter Biden situation. This is a talking point for conservatives, and this is how conservatives galvanize their group. See, you have to see the game being played. You have to see the game being played. Both sides of the aisle do this because they have complete cycle fence as followers. The left, liberals, Democrats, they have their side. The right, conservatives, Republicans, they have their side. When you take a step back, they both look like fools. I say this in respect to this um, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene line. Now, it should tell you something when the president is inviting his donors to the Oval Office, ladies and gentlemen. At what point are we going to see things for what they are? The president gives no dams about you. Your senator gives no dams about you. Your congressman gives no dams about you. Your mayor gives no dams about you. Your city council doesn't even give a damn about you. But I bet you, if you wrote, let's say, about a five to $10,000 check to each of these individuals, they'll shake your hand. You might get a phone call from them. You might be on first-name basis. But you thinking that you just go out and vote in November and these people care about you? Look at the game being played, ladies and gentlemen. It's about capital. It's about the almighty greenback. These types of meetings, and I don't even have to be in there, but you should understand how this works. It's wheeling and dealing. It's quid pro quo. I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. Why? Because money wins elections. War chest wins elections. He's not in here talking to um, the foremost authorities on specific societal issues. He's not talking to the foremost um, economists trying to figure out policies on how we can um, make home ownership, um, you know, more plausible for the average person or how can we 
um, create jobs or promote jobs that will allow women to be mothers, women to be within the home and, you know, give men the, the confidence, the full faith and confidence that they can do in the agency, that they can do what it takes to take care of their families and provide for their families and to be who they believe that they are. You don't have these types of mind in the Oval Office. You have top donors, big spenders, beautiful people. At some point in time, this has to end. At some point in time. In my view, in my opinion, we have to get money out of politics, but that'll never happen because money controls people. Money controls too many things within this world. And again, if you look at the past, if you understand the past, and you understand um, how the bankers were, were able to manipulate and squeeze themselves into the affairs of government, you'll see why that's impossible and why the next best thing at this point in time is to figure out the game, figure out the system, and, and use it and work, work it for yourselves. Or, and this is, this is what has happened throughout human history, for all of human history, is that you got to get it in blood. That is the only foolproof way to make change in this world. Now, when I say that, I'm not advocating for violence. I'm just telling you facts. I'm just telling you the truth. This is what conquering is all about. And this is why I say right now, we have very a soft sense of slavery. Because if you don't pay that tax, the government will come and take things away from you. However, you can't also argue that you are free or this is the home of the brave too when you allow it to happen. This is why it's so interesting to understand aspects of the past and compare it to today. Because if I said before, um, history doesn't repeat itself. That is such a misnomer. History does not repeat itself. The reason history doesn't repeat itself is because human behavior is finite and human behavior remains the same over time. So it's not that history repeats itself because and you have to know history in order to know uh, what's going to happen. No, just know people. People don't change. Sure, the technology changes. The gadgets change. Certain aspects of society changes. But people never change. The way, the, the way man was in the year 900 is the way man is today. He just may be a little bit more sophisticated. He may just have a little bit more luxuries. But he feels the same feels. He thinks the same thoughts. He possesses the same exact emotions unless there is an emotion a human being has felt or has yet to feel. These are the types of things, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to understand in this world. Because if you don't understand these things in this world, this world will swallow you up. And I see this happen every day, especially on social media. Now, Chinese billionaire is second biggest foreign owner of U.S. land. What did I tell you? I keep telling you guys these things. Everything is for sale in the United States of America. Until we remove money or remove capital from certain aspects of our society, these things are going to continue to happen. Chinese billionaire Tian Kuao Chen, known for his success in online gaming, is now the second largest foreign land owner in the U.S. with 198,000 acres of Oregon timberland. Chen's investment also include philanthropy with donations to the California Institute of Technology and ownership of luxury properties in New York and California. Chen purchased the land in 2015 for $85 million, becoming the 82nd largest property owner in the U.S. The average value of the U.S. crop land increased by 8.1% in 2023. No one foreign should own U.S. land. I will die on that hill. No one foreign should own U.S. land. Because this, what is it called? Um, oh, I forget what it's called. This is a conflict of interest. This is what it is. This is a conflict of interest. No foreign entity should own U.S. land. It's a conflict of interest. Because if we shall ever 
go to war with China. And I know this has been something on the news for the last couple of years, but if, if it shall ever happen, if we were ever invaded, this person has an argument that he can allow foreign Chinese on his land because he's a landowner in the United States. It can open up a whole entire can of worms that I feel that we do not want to open up. Again, ladies and gentlemen, understand how this game works. It's not rigged. You just don't know. You're just ignorant to it because everybody has a chance to learn. This is why the IRS created uh, the Transparency Act to which where you had a LLC or a small business, you had to basically give up documents and be transparent about who owns it, um, the money, the finances, and all of that. And this is every now and then when people start to catch on, they change the rules. This is how the United States of America works, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it always will work until the people figure out and find out and realize that they're tired of it. Now, I originally was not going to talk about this story. I, I, I didn't give a damn about it. But I'm not necessarily reporting on this story, so to speak. I'm reporting on how it's being reported. Now, if you guys are not on social media, to my internet listeners, and to some of you who are um, listening to me through a Twitter space right now or X space, wherever you have it, you know about what happened in New York the last couple of days. Um, there were tunnels found under uh, Jewish um, synagogues. And today, or yesterday, New York issued a vacate orders to stabilize the historic Jewish sites following discovery of a 60-foot tunnel. Now, um, well, I'm, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. An illicit underground tunnel was discovered beneath an historic synagogue in Brooklyn, destabilizing the structure and leading to arrest. The tunnel, which was not properly reinforced, extends under several buildings in the area, causing structural issues. Buildings around the synagogue have been ordered to be stabilized. The owners of the buildings have engaged professionals to fix the damage, and the synagogue has been cited for the illegal excavation. Now, I'm going to keep it simple. If people found out that some Muslims excavated tunnels under a mosque, how would you think they've been reported? Think about that for a second. If some Muslims were found excavating tunnels and having tunnels under their mosque, how would how would the news react to it? How hell, how would people react to it? What about if they were black? What about if they were white hillbillies, to be honest? I mean, really, really think about this for a second. The dishonesty and the hypocrisy in this nation continues to really enrage me. I have to be honest when I say that. I know life isn't fair, and I'm not the type of person that says that's not fair. But it pisses me off when we have a tendency in our society to overly enforce things like equality and overly enforce things like equity and all those things. And yet when it comes to stories like this and the reactions to those stories and the way those stories are reported, there is no equality. And again, to bring up a high school book that we all should have read in America, animal form, that is, you really see that, and I'm going to say the um, the crux of that of that book. You really see that some animals are more equal than other animals, especially in America. But as I stated earlier, it is all about the almighty greenback. It is all about the almighty dollar. To which, if you have the most capital, you have the most say. The golden rule in this nation. Since I could, since I've been born, has always been not do unto others as you have others do unto you. But the golden rule has always been the man with the gold rules. And that is something, beautiful people, to understand that in order to have any type of power in this world, you got to have the capital because the capital gets you everything especially 
what is always needed to have power, what is always needed to control and have conquest, which is the military, the almighty gun. It's going to always favorite capital. You're listening to ATL Talks Radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I am Barrington Martin the second. Beautiful people, thank you again for tuning in um, this chilly Thursday evening here in Atlanta, Georgia. I really appreciate you guys for always tuning in to hearing um, what I have to say because you always know I always have something to say and I would like to think that I would provide a different perspective that um, most of your news avenues don't have. Remember, you can stay to your talks on Apple, Google app, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and www.atltalks.com. Um, next week, invite a friend. Please invite a friend. I got another blog coming up for you guys, another article coming up for you guys um, on my Substack, The Barrington Report 24-7. That's the supplement to this show, The Barrington Report. Um, I got a lot of good things coming at you guys this year. I'm about to really, really um, kick things in overdrives and, and really give you all a piece of me through my writing way more than I've ever given you before. Because in short speech, it's time. That's all I'll say about that. So I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I hope you guys do something fun. I hope you guys go and love out on the other other people that love you. And just remember, if you are going to love somebody, you have to love yourself first. I will see you guys next Thursday here on the Barrington Report. I thank you all. I'm humbled. I hope you guys take care. Peace.